What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 491st episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today is Greg. Hello, my friends. How is your week this week? It's been a wonderful, frigid on and off season so far. Are you enjoying your December in Minnesota? Geez, much like my Instagram, you're full of positivity. Right? Mm, I don't like Look, this. Why? Okay. I so nine. We gotta be positive now of, so we can be negative later. Absolutely. Yeah. Nine inches of light snow, FYI, is not anything. So y'all are like, oh, it was a terrible snowstorm. No, it was not. We got more than nine inches down here. Yeah, well, south, you got uh, 11. North, we got mm-hmm. nine. And it was light. It's light, dry snow. I shoveled that like that, just mm. gone. I can verify my snowblower works, and it works great. Speaking of blowing snow, Will is here. Well, I actually have some advice for our listeners that is not about the snow and is not for all of our listeners. To, so for some of you, this is going to sound like gibberish. For some of you, this is just going to be the golden words that you need to hear. But at some point in your life, you are going to be tempted, drawn to, encouraged to use the crochet provisional cast on. Do not do it. There are other provisional cast ons that work much better. And if you need me to point you in that direction, just hit me up and I'll let you know. Don't do not do the crochet provisional. It's a mistake. Okay. There you go. Uh, we have a we have a lot of Pokemon Go news this week, so we'll get to that probably after the break. Um, and then we have some Masters stuff and some Unite stuff because there's a holiday event. So I guess we'll start with the Diamond and Pearl stuff. I guess that, let's start there. What? What is it? There's stuff. Oh, there's stuff. This is off uh, VG twenty four seven. Pokemon on the big sites. No, they're pretty big. I mean, they're bigger than us, probably. Wow, really? VG247, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl tops 6 million in sales this in a week, the first week. The cool thing here is they have the older games as well. Ooh. Even with the mixed reaction from credits, critics, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl have sold six, uh, have sold extremely well with over 6 million units worldwide between the first week uh, per Famitsu, comparing that to Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, which only sold 3 million in its first week, uh, and then Super Smash Bros. Ultimate sold 5 million in its first week. And then back in 2019, Sword and Shield also sold 6 million copies in its first week. Pokemon X and Y sold 4 million copies in its first week. And oddly enough, Pokemon Sun and Moon sold 7.2 million copies in its first week. It's kind of crazy how Sun and Moon topped out at like 14 million. And Sword and Shield is at like 23 million, which is a lot more. Mm-hmm. This number well, is very big. That's, the number of people that's who had Switch. Switches versus the number of people who had 3D... What's the plural of 3DSs? I think 3DSi. there's still more 3DSs out there, isn't there? Are there more like physical 3DSs that exist or more 3DSs that get plugged into the wall and allowed to charge their batteries any longer? Because <laughs> that's a big divergence. So is the question, are there more, was the question that there's more 3D, there were more 3DSs than there are switches? Is that, is that your thing? Is that what we're asking? I mean, I think there's more active switch users than there are active 3DS users at that time. 
There, there's no way there wasn't more 3DSs out there in the world because the 3DS was seven plus years old. Well, time. yes, but that was also the, at the time where you were very clearly saying the 3DS is a horrible piece of hardware. I hate it. And you were preventing people from enjoying the pleasant experiences that they could have had on the 3DS because they just listened to you and think that it was yes, like going the to entire poison world their fingers. Listened to me. Yes. Look, seven years for a piece of technology is very old. I feel the like- computer I'm recording this on is about to turn seven <laughs> years old. You are correct. Where's link me to this article? Why do I see these numbers? What is there to see? I just read them. Yeah, but you saying numbers just goes in one ear and out the other. Mm. Found it. Don't even don't even bother. Is this from is this Joe did Joe cite his No, the six million copies is from Fimitsu. So so if if Sword and Shield sold six million, let's go sold three. X Sun and Moon sold seven point two. Diamond Pearl sold seven. There's no way Arceus sells more because there's more. only one copy. Like I would say, what at least one out of ten people are buying two copies, and I'm being really, I'm like being really generous because every time I po- every time we do polls or every time like Pokemon does polls or whatever, it seems like it's like. One out of three people actually buy two copies. Well, I I would say number of units, correct. Number of people buying a copy is something different, but I guess we are just counting units here, so yes. Yeah. You are correct. Also, I think Legends Arceus in its first week is going to suffer because it is not a traditional Pokemon game, traditional as that can vary through time and be vague, whatever, but you know what I'm saying. Right. Uh, so a lot of people are going to hold off until they hear from other people, hey, this is an incredible Pokemon experience, or, oh my god, just go get Pokemon Snap, because Legends Arceus is not even worth <laughs> your time. Well, uh, so let's look at it. How many copies did Pokemon Snap sell? Oh, like two million? See, but Yeah, but see, there's some variance in there, right? Because Pokemon Snap did not introduce new regional forms, and... Pokemon right. Legends Arceus is introducing the new regional forms, which even for the mildly informed about Pokemon, people know, like, if I want to experience this Pokemon type, I'm going to have to be involved in this game somehow. Yeah. So Pokemon Snap sold 2 million units. 2.07 million units as of June 30th. Given that that's, that is by definition a side game, uh, I mean, I would expect... Since Legends Arceus is being sold as a slightly more traditional experience, but not by much, that we would see numbers only slightly higher than that? Yeah, I mean, Legends has, like, the Breath of the Wild gimmick. Even though it might not exist, it looks like it exists. Mm -hmm. It has new Pokemon. It is for at least the hardcore people that are like, Game Freak always does the same thing. We want something different. Like, this is something different. Uh, whether or not it's good remains to be seen. seen. It's it's close. It's like forty five days away at this point, which is weird. And also, we have to take into account shooting themselves in the foot by having it come out after Christmas. Because yeah, I know a number of people who are like, I couldn't get Diamond and Pearl when it came out, but I'm hoping to get it for Christmas. Wherein, uh. Nobody's saying, I hope I get a gift card for Legends Arceus. <laughs> for Valentine's so I can get it in Day. January. Exactly. 
is a great Valentine's Day gift. Fall in love with Pokemon all over again for Valentine's Day. Get Legends Arceus. Two million copies sold for Pokemon Snap is feels like it's good for a series that isn't Pokemon. Like if I was like, oh, two million copies sold for Stardew Valley. Oh, those oh I see what you're saying. Sold like fifteen million over whatever. But like, like a million know. copy, a million copies of a game sold is like very impressive for like any company wanting to like sell a video game, right? We I've talked about this before. But is it like numbers are so bad for me anymore because like I think about it and I'm like, boy, if I could get one dollar out of each copy of that two million copies that were sold, I still can't afford the condo that I want on the Upper West Side mm-hmm. of Manhattan. I'm still yeah. I'm sure all the yeah. game developers are moving to Upper Manhattan. You so would, you would just you would think <laughs> you you would think by the amount of people. That you just meet on a daily basis that talk about Pokemon, right? And I'm talking like running into somebody at a grocery store and being like, oh, you have a Pokemon keychain. My favorite Pokemon game is Pokemon Snap. You would just think of just like all these conversations we've had over 20 years with just random people that Pokemon Snap was like this greatest, the greatest game ever invented and we should have a sequel to it. And then that sequel comes out and it only like sells 2 million, which is like silly to say because 2 million is a lot, but like. Not compared to the other crazy numbers that Pokemon does, like 12 million for Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, 13 million for Heart Gold, Soul Silver, 15 million for Black and White, 23 million for Sword and Shield. It's just like, you, yeah. would, you would just think it would have done better. But like, Pokemon Con- Conquest only sold a million. Like, side games don't sell as much. Yeah. True. Like, they just don't. And I think. I, I also don't think pure numbers actually show success, right? Like, return on investment, 2 million copies if your game costs a third of what it costs to do a regular game is the exact same return on investment, right? Like, you got a third of the sales, but it also costs a third of what it was to produce. So the profit is the same. Yeah. So it's hard to say like that's a bad number because we just don't know all the factors going into it. It doesn't sound as impressive as a main series game, but that doesn't that's not the only factor that businesses look at. Um and, you know, it got a lot of buzz, a lot of people talked about it and that's that's the sort of intangible stuff outside of sales because only hardcore people and us on this podcast really care about sales numbers yeah and it's also not pure desire right because you just have to look over the past year how many people wanted to get a switch and couldn't because they just weren't in the stores right those sales could have been much higher if everybody who wanted a switch could get a switch just some other game sales here uh mystery dungeon was 1.26 million for the switch Wow, I'm surprised I made that many. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh Pokin Tournament DX was one point three eight million, which is actually kind of impressive that Pokin outsold Mystery Dungeon. Again, I felt I feel like Mystery Dungeon has that same aura around it where people are always like, make a new mystery dungeon. And it's like, yeah, but <laughs> who's it's buying really them? Just, <laughs> it's just really just the people uh, you know. There's a clearly a million people who are buying them. Mario Golf Super Rush, 2 million. Pikmin 3 Deluxe, 2 million. ARMS, 2.38 million. 
Uh, Among Us, 3.2 million on the Switch specifically. Uh, I regret that I was one of the 3.18 million that bought 1-2 Switch because I couldn't possibly imagine Nintendo would mess up that game and it was easily the worst money I've ever spent. Like, it was... 1-2 Switch was so terrible. It was bad. It was not good. You got deceived, bro. Link's Awakening, which was a, a remake that also probably had the same complaints that Diamond and Pearl had, which is like, why would I... So spend money on this. It sold five point five million. Interesting thing. According to what I am sort of seeing, roughly, there were seventy five million three DS units across the world, and there are ninety two point eight million switches in the world. Really? Yeah. So Switch is what five years old? Four? Four? Yeah. Five. Just turned five, or will be turning five. five. I think. 3DS is over 10 now. Yep. I hated the 3DS. <laughs> I'm well aware. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know why. It was fine. I just turned the 3DS, the 3D part off because it hurt Yeah, I mean, eyes. that's part of the reason that's like I don't think I've ever used the 3D besides the first day. You know what really jaded me on the 3DS? One, I was one of those early adopters and I paid, okay. I paid however much and then I got the like brand ambassador or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. got one of those. That's my favorite game when you pa- street pass me. This is the brand ambassador <laughs> certificate. But I I remember being so mad because I sold my um, DSi XL. Loved the DSi. Loved the DSi XL. But the, the 3DS played DS games at such a bad resolution. And it was awful, and I hated it. And there, I didn't learn until later you could hold, like, the select button down when you booted up a DS game, and it would, like... Put it in native resolution, but I hated it. I mean, I do believe that certain people told you not to to purchase the 3DS when it first came out, and you did it anyways. I did it, and the the blame sits in your lap. I think I would have been less jaded if I kept the DSi and then had the 3DS, but I was poor. Oh, well. And I couldn't even afford, and obviously my priorities was need the new... Nintendo handheld console with no games out for it. <laughs> Again, many people told you there's no games. Why do you need it now? And yet here we are. Here we are. I mean, I have ever. I never sell. I never turn anything Nintendo. I still have my I Wii have U stuff so to my TV. <laughs> I finally disconnected my Wii U when we redid the entire living room. Although I need, I hate. I hate that these words are going to come out of my mouth in this order, but I need. The Wii controllers to go with my Wii U and the antenna bar, the bar IR reader, the thing, so it could see yeah. the controllers. <sighs> I am, I am Wii U-less. Uh, I mean, I, I have could sell a you one for a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> it's with it's with all the other game systems that I finally disconnected, saying I'll never play these. Speaking of games never getting played, Pokemon Unite, uh, Zar. <laughs> Zarina is now available. I logged in on my mobile phone to claim it and then promptly logged off because I was I didn't want to miss it. Kick off the competition this is off Pokemon.com. Kick off the competition Pokemon Unite with Zarina now available to join your team. This Pokemon is a melee all-arounder and is ready to glide, kick, and stomp its way to victory. 
Uh, Zarina will start as Bounce Suite, evolving to Steamy at four, and Zarina at six. Wow, that's like really fast. I don't know how long it's for free. It doesn't say on on this. Uh, I th- it, somewhere said it's it's like ten days or something. Yeah, you just have to uh, log in within a week to get it. Yeah, you just have to log in. Like, if you're hearing this and you like your night, just log in on your phone now. It will give you a claim button. Claim it, and you don't have to do anything else. Uh, also, have they put the big nerfs in yet? Uh, maybe. Hold on. I have another article here. Okay. <laughs> Actually, this article talks about Zarina. This one's also a Pokemon.com. Pokemon Unite is embracing the merriment of the season with the holiday festivals running from December 15th. I actually think that's when the big update starts. Um, To January 16th. Players can get special login gifts and reward boxes containing limited license and trainer fashion items. Earn special rewards with the Illuminating Challenge and Photo Challenge. And add two new Unite licenses to their collection as Zarina and Dragonite enter the fray. And by taking part in snowball battles in, uh, wait, how do we say this? Shivery City? Uh, Players can watch their Pokemon transform into snowmen during battle. From January 1st through January 3rd, the Unite license for all Pokemon will be temporarily made available to all players at no cost, allowing trainers to use any Pokemon in, uh, in any battle except ranked matches. From December 9th through 31st, uh, the Unite license for Zarina will be available at no cost. So you have till the end of the year. You have till the end of the year. There you uh, go. On December 20th, the Unite license for Dragonite will be available. The powerful moves like Dragon Breath, Outrage, and Draco Impact, this melee all-arounder harness, so it's the same as Arena, uh, is impressive heft and draconic might to dole out maximum damage. The Illumination Challenge will run from December 15th to January 16th, and the Photo Challenge will run from December 24th to January 6th. Participate in the Illumination Challenge by selecting the Holiday Tree in the lobby to complete the daily missions and challenges. By completing these missions, players can light up the the Holiday Tree to earn fun rewards, including Trainer Snapshot Frame and Background, and One Day Limited License, and Trainer Fashion Items, and more. The Photos Challenge doesn't run full length of the festivities, but it serves up plenty of fun. Players can participate in Standard Battles, Quick Battles, Ranked Matches, and the snowball battle in Shivery City to collect snowflakes. These snowflakes can be used to reveal parts of a photo hidden by a silhouette. Collect lots of snowflakes to complete the photo and earn rewards. And then the... So there was the holiday... Uh, sorry, the Halloween, like, pumpkin thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Halloween. Mm-hmm. It seems mm-hmm. somewhat similar, similar here. It says, four-on-four quick battle, snowball battle. Uh, opposing Pokemon are knocked out will become snowmen for a little mi- limited time. Pokemon that are turned into snowmen will not be able to move, but they can visually assist their teammates. While a Pokemon is a snowman, its basic attack will instead cause it to jump in the air. Its moves are uh, and it moves will do different poses, such as cheering, waving, and giving thumbs up. When a Pokemon snow form ends, when a Pokemon snowman form ends, it will leap from the snow and return to battle. Oh, interesting. Players can defeat Delibird to receive a gift box containing one random battle item that replaces the current battle item. Additionally, Wild Avalug will appear in the center of the map and will re- be replaced with Articuno. And then it talks about that there's like a bunch of like holiday seasonal costumes and gifts and stuff that you can unlock. And uh, the real news here is that 
they are adding more $40 skins. The crustal skin of him being like a, what, a fruitcake or something? Is that what he's supposed to be? Uh, I have to see it again. But yeah, I got to look this up. Uh, I'm pretty sure the crustal skin and the Pikachu skin, which is Pikachu in like a Santa outfit, are both $40. Yeah, but does the Pikachu have a hat? That's that's what's. Oh good. yeah, you better believe it. Oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, definitely has a hat. Very important. Uh, where are the? This is the holiday. I crust. see one that's a crustle as a hamburger, but I don't think that's official. <laughs> Not with that attitude. Cramorant finally a sh- getting a skin. It looks like it's in the ten dollar range. I think six thousand. I think it's. I think I saw six thousand eight hundred AOS gems, which is about ten bucks. Uh, so Pikachu is in a Santa outfit with a hat. Crustle is looks like a iced cinnamon bun. Oh, cinnamon bun. Okay, with a uh, with a strawberry on top and bells. Uh, Cramorant is in a chef's outfit. Sarlax is which is a really really outfit. good. Honestly, the Cramorant chef. I mean, like obviously, I'm a yeah. huge Cramorant fan, but his outfit is actually like legit, like good. Like Snorlax's is kind of boring. Yeah. Well, so Cramorant's really just got. The hat and this cute bib and tie. Like it's pretty simple, really, but it simple works on Cram. Oh, it's still it's still gonna get Steve's money. Oh, oh yeah. Uh Mr. Mimes is just an apron and a uh, handkerchief. And then multiple Pokemon are getting hats. Yes. And I don't know like what the requirement for getting this the, the I'm gonna Santa guess that the basic is. hat is just probably something you unlock through rewards. Probably. Well, we will never be able, like, I can't imagine, <laughs> like, the the commentary around $40 skins is never going to end. And this well, is, until they introduce $60 skins. Right. This is the yes. same thing in, like, Apex, and I've talked about how Apex has, like, $20 gun skins, and you, no one is going to see your gun skin because you will be dead before they reach you to look at your gun skin. And if they took a second to look at your gun after you die, they will also then die because Apex is so fast. And it gets compared. And I'm not trying to justify like, oh, the $40 is fair. It's not. But it gets compared to like League, where League, I think, is like, what, eight bucks for a skin or something. The the sad reality is people are buying these. I mean, that's just been the sad reality for a lot of these things. But the the sort of math that happens with particularly since unite has been in in a weird place is how much is that hurting your core business right like when people it's, it's like when pokemon go was showing a lot of its flaws and people were like why are you charging me money for this um like unite had to make and i think still has to make some big changes to its gameplay before people are looking at like I paid forty dollars for a skin for a game nobody plays anymore because the game is so bad. Um, it's hard to sort of parse out where that line is going to be. But when things are that expensive, your game has to remain a very high quality so people who pay for that don't feel ripped off. Yeah, and I think that's what Apex has at least done well is like even though a gun will be twenty bucks. Obviously, the whole game is free. You don't have to buy the gun. It's all cosmetic. It doesn't do anything. They have continued every season to make improvements, balance the game, introduce new weapons, change the map. Um, and 
It's like Apex is almost three years old, I think. Turns three in like March. And it continues to win awards and it continues mm-hmm. to do very well on the charts of like most downloaded. And it, they talk about how their player base is continuing to grow, which is really good for a two plus year old game. And that's the worry with Unite is it doesn't seem like it's growing. It seems like more and more people are just not interested in going back to it. Yeah, but where? Because is it fine in China? Because their money, I hate to say it this way, but their money is just as green as ours. <laughs> you know? You know, they may cut I off mean, development of the English language version and just make it Chinese. They could. I mean, yeah, it depends on where, where it's doing well. Um, I mean, I do think that they are going to try because I know that there's a huge balance update coming for a lot of things um, that I'm hoping will alter the game to make more balance that people want to come back. Like, Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the problems right now is Lucario being able to like... Right. Solo uh, t- the top lane by itself. Like it's interesting that I think in in the December notes, like Gardevoir is learning things earlier. They've they've dropped the levels down of when, and same with Mamoswine. I think like they've dropped the levels of when you learn things to because they didn't make sense before, and it was so long <laughs> before you got those things. Um, and then you know the big ones. The big problems are are taking a hit. Greninja, Lucario, Greedent, and Zeraora are, you know, getting hit with nerfs, and they need to be because you know it quickly made the game unfun. Yeah, um, and so we have to see again. The weird thing is, is it's a cat like they made it such a casual game that. I don't know that for the casual player who made it really hype for such a long time, hearing that they fixed the bugs to make the game more fun draws you back if you treated it casually anyways. Like, I think a lot of people found it easy to walk away from because it wasn't that compelling and it was kind of frustrating for a a huge amount of time. Um, I do think that Dragonite will drag some people back because that's such a hugely popular Pokemon. But I I don't know that finally fixing the balance of your game is enough to get people to come back. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I agree. If if they wait too long, then lost is lost. And it's been months since Lucario has been so broken. Yeah. And it's been a huge same with Venusaur, who's been, you know, people are very frustrated with how that runs. And that's not listed in the things that they're fixing um, that I've seen, at least. Do you the, the, I, I can see the like the thought process of, OK, well, we're we're nerfing these three, but let's leave Venusaur the same because we're boosting Guard of War and Garchomp and other things. And maybe that will help balance specifically Venusaur. You don't want to take a character that right all the way to zero. And that's maybe the worry with like Lucario is just do people completely stop playing it? Um, I mean, in seeing what they're doing, it's it's not he- like it is a it is a nerf, but it overall it doesn't sound like a, enough to undo it. But 
you know, we'll see. It it seems overall their Christmas event seems good though. Yeah, I mean the Halloween event, I will say this, the Halloween event was super fun when I played it for a while, but not not like log in every day and play Yeah, not log hours in every day because I want to do this. Like it was fun when people were like let's play Unite tonight. Let's do some of the snow events and I was like, "Sure, I'll I'll hop in and play." You know, it's very that's a very casual map with a very silly mechanic. Sure, I'll jump in and do it. And the the winter one sounds the same. Like it sounds like a fun silly mechanic, but they are competing with some big heavy hitter games around this time frame. And I don't know if that is I don't know if they're going to see what they want to see because they I I this is there's a lot of competition in December for people's time. Yeah. I think the the other thing that's like a little surprising is like United so well when it came out. Mhm. And it seemed to have pretty good momentum for the first month or so, like more momentum than it feels like Diamond and Pearl has. Uh, it just feels like people are just already over Diamond and Pearl to me, at least. I mean, maybe, I, I know that I know somebody's like, somebody's like, I'm buying it right now. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It's just like, <laughs> well, also Diamond, we haven't. It's hard to say that for Diamond and Pearl because we haven't hit the holidays. Yeah, right. Like we'll we'll probably see a huge resurgence of people playing. And also, like, the last week has been exam weeks for college kids and stuff, so... Well, also, some of the things that people like, like, surprise trading and things don't exist in Brilliant Diamond. And the union room is still limited, like, the stuff that people use to play with other people that gets them excited don't really exist in that game right now. You can go to the underground with eight people. Yeah. Hallway simulator. (laughs) Um... Just the surprising thing is, like, it came out on mobile, and I just thought that would be, like, this huge resurgence of new players, and, and it just su- seemed like, at that point, no yeah. one cared. <laughs> because they did not allow right. for controllers. Yeah, that was 100% why I don't play it on mobile. If they I actually, allowed controllers, I would play it on my iPad. Yeah, 100%. I would play it on my iPad, too. 100% if I could have controller because I got a controller for my iPad. Finally, I broke down and bought one and then found out Unite can't use it, so I don't play Unite on my iPad. And I would. I mean, it's right there. I could po- power it up while I'm on a work call way easier than anything else in my house. But as somebody who played in a $20,000 tournament with uh, Galaxy Z Fold 3, because that's what they forced us to play on, you learn real fast how to play on a touchscreen. <laughs> It was it was fine. Um, to pl- there was some things easier on the touchscreen, of course, versus the controller. But then there were some things that were harder. And there's, I don't know how you. There's no like best of both worlds. But right. at the end of the day, I definitely preferred a controller. It, it ran. It, it it ran great on the the Samsung oh, phone they sent me. Yeah. It, yeah. Like, I mean, it looks beautiful on my iPad, but I. I can't play it with a controller, and I don't want to hold my iPad awkwardly. Yeah, that was that was probably and, my biggest problem, is that the phone is heavier than a, a Switch Pro controller, right. so you're like, almost like you're getting like fatigue holding yeah. this device. It's just, it's not ideal, I, and I would like, because I, I have to hold it in a certain way, and so I'd have to hold it up or down, like, I, with my iPad, I can set it up like a TV screen, and play with my controller, and I could do it like that, but I can't, because it doesn't accept it. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. I guess we'll circle back on Unite when 
Dragonite comes out or when this holiday event starts. It seems fun. I mean, I know a lot of people are excited about Dragonite coming out. But, you know, I don't know if that's actually going to translate into people playing it in the same fever that they were. <laughs> oh, you know what I did see? This is a Twitch thing, but I saw that one of the biggest Twitch streamers, her name is Lily Pichu, um, she had an ad to play Unite. Like, they mm. paid her to play it, and she's obviously a huge League of Legends player um, on Twitch she, uh, and YouTube. Uh, but I don't know if that's their strategy now, is like to go after these big. I mean, it's a good strategy, honestly, to go after these I big League of Legends Blue players. Three, yeah, also got like a Unite push as well, if I recall properly. But again, but I don't think, I don't think you're ever convincing a League of Legends player. Like League of Legends players already hate themselves. I don't think you're going to be able to like <laughs> convince them to play a Pokemon game that's probably not nearly as good as League is. And that's kind of the thing that people say with Unite is like, if it's your first MOBA, it's a good introduction, but there are better MOBAs out there. The only draw here is if you love Pokemon, or maybe you love losing to Zapdos. I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. It, it, I feel like Unite's just eventually going to be Pokemon Tournament where the seven people in the world are very good at it and they play it at tournaments and that's it. <laughs> Probably. I mean, at least Pokemon Tournament is really fun to watch even though you haven't played it in like three years. It's at least entertaining to uh, watch at a high level. I mean, I enjoy watching people play Unite sometimes. I think it's... I, I watched think it's you play Unite, yeah. I was I like, think it's enjoyable, for it, but little Cramorant. Watching other people play it doesn't make me want to play it. Because I've have experience with it where I'm like, I'm the thing with Unite is even though the matches are short, I still feel like this is a time commitment that I'm locked into for it for a chunk of time. And I don't want to do that right now. It's the weirdness of like, I don't want to watch a full length movie, but I will definitely stream four 30 minute TV shows (laughs) back to back. But sitting through a two-hour movie? No, thank you. I think it's that mentality of having natural breaks or being able to... Like, with Diamond and Pearl, I'm like, I can just stop wherever I am and put the game down and walk away if I need to. And I don't feel like you can do that in Unite. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we have some Pokemon Go news and a little bit of Pokemon Masters news. And uh, we'll see how far Will is in Diamond and Pearl. So we will be right back. (laughs) (laughs) Not far. This podcast is brought to you by Every Plate. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with America's best value meal kit. Look, the holidays are upon us and give yourself and your wallet a break. Enjoy delicious, affordable meals delivered to your door, ready to go in just six simple steps. And every plate is 50% cheaper than a meal made from the grocery store ingredients. So now is the perfect time to focus on saving money easily. I am still on the every plate bandwagon. I have still not made an every plate, but I can confirm my wife likes <laughs> making the every plates. Are you at one point going to like take over every plate duties for, as a holiday miracle? That would be, that would be, I should do an every plate cooking stream to see if I can do it. 
Their instructions are on like a just a single piece of paper. It's really easy. They send everything in nice boxes. You can slide the boxes right into the fridge. Anytime there's like something, if if, if their instructions say spicy, I'm in. Because whatever <laughs> whatever spice they have is good. If their instructions say spicy, <laughs> I'm very is in. that like the listing on the actual website? Because I'm looking at and some of them do say spicy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their website is really easy to navigate. You can like pick and choose, and then you can like minus things and add things. It's really great. Uh, your recipes come together in about 30 minutes. It's definitely faster than a trip to a grocery store and starting a meal from scratch. Try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code SUPEREFFECTIVE179. That's You can try every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code SUPEREFFECTIVE179. Thank you to EveryPlate for sponsoring this episode. Ooh, this pork chops over cabbage sir, probably looks real good. And we are back from our break. All right, let's do uh let's do a diamond and pearl check-in, Will. I'm on my way to Pastoria City, but the thing is, being the person that I am, Greg, don't give me that look. I try to figure out, is that is, that's the fourth gym, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, he's uh, behind. Once I got fly, I flew back home to my mom's house and then like explored every part of the map that I had previously been to <laughs> to see what things I could get to that I couldn't get to before using like cut and rock smash. So that's what slowed me down. Mm, you're one of those mm. people. That I am 100% that person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after Pastoria, don't you get Surf? Yeah. I mean, then I'll have to go back again because yeah, there's go back a lot again. of you, water you, features. You should have waited. No, no, Got no. The there's, full no waiting. Suite. there's no waiting. No, 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 no. Because then I get to level up my Pokemon, too, because then I can just throw them against those little ones that give you a little bit of experience as you go, right? The like, branch. I'm not going to put... My Ponita against a, a, a level <laughs> 25 Geodude, but I'll go back and do like the level 5 Geodude. And the Wait Ponita till you get those level 60 Geodudes, then you'll really be like, woo. Well, Game's I don't getting... think Ponita's going to be around anymore when we get to that point, but who knows? The amount of people that have come into my Twitch stream and go, man, I'm really over leveled, and then a day later come back going, I can't beat Cynthia is dramatically <laughs> yeah. too high. That game, yeah. I think the over-leveling problem started in X and Y because the experience share gave so much. Mm -hmm. But X and Y, there, there's like two sides of this coin and I don't think people see it unless they replay Pokemon games a lot or they, I don't know, maybe just change their team once. But X and Y does give you a lot of experience. So does Sun and Moon and all the other games. But the second you grab a new Pokemon and you want to level it up, good luck. Because there's nowhere to get experience for the like I and the, the reason that that was very apparent to me is because I like did an egg lock and I think I, I lost like five Pokemon at Clement. because uh, he was like able to like mm. charge his Helioptile and then like one shot a bunch of my Pokemon. And then I was like, okay, no big deal. I'll just, you know, I have all these Pokemon in my box. 
there's nowhere to level these Pokemon up. Like, literally nowhere to... And before anyone says horde battles, that that ain't happening in an egglock. You ain't, ris- you ain't risking that. And <laughs> even if you did, like, the Pokemon they put in horde battles just do not give you experience. Like, you're better off, like, finding the level, like, 9 Audino, and it will give you more experience than 5 yeah. They give you Eevees, they don't give you experience. Yeah. And that is the... That is also the problem in newer Pokemon. Like, if you don't change your team ever, if you catch six Pokemon, maybe you change out a Pokemon with like, oh, I'm level 45, but I found this level 40 Crabrawler. Let me switch here. You'll be okay. But this is, it's like the same problem in in Diamond and Pearl. At a certain point, you're like, I don't know where to level. Yeah. (laughs) The underground does give you significantly more experience. Um, So I, I battled a level 60 Tentacruel. And it gave 2,000 experience. And I was like, okay, let me just go above ground. I found a level 30 Tentacruel. So I was like, ideally, you get 1,000. And it only gave 200 experience. Yeah. So the underground is giving you more experience. But there is nothing fun about knocking (laughs) out 30-plus Tentacruels just so you can battle Cynthia. That is not... In your opinion. Not great, right? I find that there's too many tentacruels in the world, and the more that I can take out, the better <laughs> off everyone is. Will's tentacruel assassination. Glow. But again, X and Y had the same problem. That's not ex- this is not exclusive to Diamond and no. Pearl. Sun and Moon kind of had that problem until you get to the last island when you can like SOS Chansey. Um, yeah. Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire didn't have that problem at all because if you want experience, let me tell you about Blissey bases. And sun oh, or sword and shield, sword and shield, just the candy. The, the candy is the greatest thing. It's it, it, and to anyone that's like, I don't like the candy. It made it made it so easy. Cool. Don't use it then. It just it can th- sell it. Throw it away. Let me Throw tell it you. Away. If my option Put- is battling forty gastrodons or doing four max raid battles and then being able to bring like three Pokemon up to the appropriate level, I will do the max raid battles because they're more fun and. There is nothing great about putting a Buneri at the start of your party, going into a Gastrodon battle, switching it out, knocking out the Gastrodon, and then putting that on repeat. It's just not fun anymore. It's the same thing with Eevee training. It's like, well, you could just use vitamins. Yeah, you could just use vitamins. And sometimes it's nice. Sometimes when you're trying to build a team for a Tiny Cup, you don't want to battle 25 Rookies to get speed Eevees. Sometimes you just want to, you earn the money somehow, right? I have the money. Let me buy the vitamins. Let me inject my Pokemon with vitamins. It's fine. But you don't have to. You can battle the Rookies if you want. The game has choices. Same thing with experience share. You don't want your Pidgey getting experience share? Great. Open up your box and throw it in. Now it's not getting experience share. You can access your box everywhere. You just have to, I think you just, at least in Diamond Pro, you just have to beat the first gym leader. I sincerely, in a game that was like, we're not in a faithful remake for the audio show. I'm doing the air quotes for a faithful remake that then put bottle caps, mints, uh, the ability patch, but no candy. And then gave us no way to get to a hundred to no use candy, the but rare candy, baby. The bottle caps. I, I don't know how. Uh, how am I supposed to get to level 100? Please so tell me. you use the menu glitch to duplicate <laughs> rare candies. 
Well, it's you had gone. to get they in. Took you it had from to us. get in at the entry at the, before they took it away. I mean, to be fair, I think pickup picks up rare candies somewhat regularly. I think your but... one has to be over fifty. Um, yeah, or maybe forty. And then you have like a one percent chance of getting. I mean, my Pachirisu is grabbing all kinds yeah. of wild stuff. I mean, you do what you do what we did back in the day when you're leveling something is you take the one that you're leveling and five pickup <laughs> Pokemon, <laughs> and you just reap in the rewards and hope you get rare candies to finish the way. Yeah, I have. I've been playing this. I think I've got seventy hours in, and my highest Pokemon is seventy-seven. Granted, I haven't really been pushing. Because I've been doing other things, but I was thinking about like if I had to get to a hundred, I don't know how to do this because experience sl- experience slows down mm-hmm. so much the closer you get to one hundred, and there's an underground caps by your badges, so they'll only sixty three is like the highest. Sixty three is the highest. The underground still doesn't like showing you second and third evolutions if it doesn't have to. Like, it's really happy showing you the gibbles and... Yeah, again, with the statue stuff. Like, what do I got to do to stop seeing Geodudes? Or or Skaroopies? I feel like it's littered with Skaroopies. Well, I mean, that's how they do. The thing that I've heard is you fill it up with electric statues and you hunt Pachirisu. Because Pachirisu is the best XP giver in the underground. I would have never guessed that. Yeah, it gives, like... Because I was knocking out Patrice, and he was giving me like with the lucky eight, like four thousand each time. But yeah, like that's like the only trick is find a bunch of electric statues, load them up, and go to the area that Patrice pops in, which isn't many, and it's a rare spawn. So you just keep going in and out until you find them, knocking them out. It's it is it is it is a grindy, 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 grindy game. Tweeted the other day that I think Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee is a better remake than Diamond and Pearl. And, and I didn't read any of the you. responses. I am sure people are arguing nonstop in the comments of that tweet. I know it got like whatever. But my my reasoning behind that is because even though Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu is an incredibly tiny game. Um, there's only 150 Pokemon. It's relatively, like, Kanto as a region is relatively small because it's the very first region. It's very um, small. There's there's not a lot to do after you beat the Elite Four, right? You can hunt the, the four legends. Well, technically, you can hunt three of them before you get to the Elite Four, but you can hunt the four legends. There's the Master Trainer battles, which is 150 unique battles, but the nature of Kanto, let me introduce you to Protect and Toxic. <laughs> It'll win almost every single one of those battles. There's no breeding in the game, right? But the shiny hunting is really fun in that game. And even though they increase the amount of trainers on routes, you can't battle wild Pokemon, which is still a weird argument that people are like, I like battling wild Pokemon instead of catching them. It's like the only difference is you're using false swipe and you're throwing a Pokeball instead of just throwing a Pokeball. I don't know what. It's really, you're not reinventing the wheel here when it comes to catching Pokemon. But the thing that Let's Go does that I just super appreciate is it, it did that it did the thing that no other pokemon game did in 22 years or whatever let's go came out which is put the wild pokemon in the overworld and you can see them and you can run away from them and that was such a huge thing that 
to me, invoked an emotion of like feeling like I'm playing a Pokemon game for the first time. And it just felt like it, it to me, it felt like moving from black and white to X and Y and being like, whoa, these Pokemon are in 3D. I can move in every direction. Like it, it, it just really felt so fresh. And I think Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee is very delightful for what it is. I don't think it's the world's best Pokemon game, but it took risks. And it did. The, there's just so much charm that that game has. Like, I had Onyx follow me in Diamond and Pearl, and it's this little tiny snake, and it's like as tall as your character. And I was like, am I losing my mind? Is it, <laughs> didn't in, in Let's Go Pikachu, Let's yeah. Go Eevee, not only was Onyx correct size but you like sat on top of onyx yeah you could ride oh, it's on like the, with the snorlax where you kind of yeah. hugged it yeah that my issue though my issue about leveling in let's go eevee is leveling costs money <laughs> like you have to spend money on pokeballs oh to sure. be able to level and uh, whereas in every other game i can just go knock things out and that is a free experience thing for me and limited by how much I want to go back to the center to heal back up. The thing that bothered me in Let's Go Eevee is I had to pay. Granted, they give you a bunch of money, but still, I had to give money <laughs> to get, get Pokeballs balls to-, to continue catching so that I could continue leveling because I had no other options unless I wanted to continually fight the Elite Four. Yeah, um, is... that's like a that's a big drawback for me about how those games run. That 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 was my only option, and it cost in game currency. I also just remember the first time I was like, "Oh, I wonder what Magikarp's walking animation is," and like how it like flopped around you in a circle. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is like so adorable, so cute." And I also just don't remember walking through a wall in Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. It just it it actually worked. It there <laughs> like when I played it, the sound just didn't randomly cut out, and then I had to restart the game. And I look at Diamond and Pearl, the remakes, and people are like, "Well, yeah, there's more. There's more things to do in post game." Yeah, I mean, I guess I've probably spent five of my eighty five hours running in a hallway to different <laughs> rooms. Yeah, there's more to do, but I, I'm just. I said this last week. I'm just so tired of mining in walls to get another leaf stone. I don't need any more leaf stones. I do. I, I have him, the firestone game. I have the firestone game. All I get are firestones. And all I get is leaf stones. It's just and then yeah, it's 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 the it's the repetitiveness. All Pokemon games are repetitive. I understand. I get this. It's the repetitiveness of the mining the walls and getting the 17th Lucario statue that I just don't need. And Mm -hmm. then knocking out Houndoom after Houndoom after Cacturn after Skaroopy. And I'm not not even level 85 yet. And I wish that leveling candies were in the walls postgame. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wish I would find a Rosalia statue in the walls of my game and not the 400 Drifloon that I have. Can't. Uh, there's, 
I'm still trying to think what with 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 Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. I can't believe that we're we're coming full circle on this game. This is the Pokemon loophole of like a, a Pokemon game is bad, and then five years later you appreciate it. No, that game was great. This is your loophole. Mm-hmm. I loved it from the minute. I have been on the bad wing and trying to tell you that you need to rethink your life choices. And here you are, five years later, going, oh, yeah. Here's some things about Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Let's introduce, like, 15 new Megas. Great. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Like, I loved almost all the Megas that they introduced in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Okay, I'm going to say this right now, because we're not going to talk about it, but the Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire anime for evolutions is the best one they've done. It is pretty good. It's good. It was weird, though, that they, like released it and then just spoiled all of the megas because they kept them all a secret and they were like nah here they all are all at once (laughs) that was a little weird at the time but that's fine the flying on latios latias great fantastic great loved it i i could probably name a couple more things but those two things the hoops all the hoops those two things were like cool you did something great here and then for Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, it was all the Pokemon following you. And uh, like, yes, following Pokemon happened in HeartGold, Silver. It was very basic. But riding on Onyx, riding on Lapras, flying on Dragonite, flying on Charizard, um, Magikarp flipping and flopping, you holding on to Snorlax as you walk, you riding Persian. Like, every Pokemon had such a great, like, thoughtful animation and we all know that sword and shield was just copy and pasted not sure how they didn't if you have if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> and you have not seen how ekans follows you it in diamond and pearl please stop what you're doing pull over your car right now catch <laughs> an ekans in diamond and pearl and then have it follow you and get back my, to me my switch with me get back to me about copying and pasting but then look because up Look up the Brick Sounds Ekans video, because that, that sells it right there. It's like, outstanding. I, I, I'm so dumbfounded on how they messed the... The, Have, the first 151 animations were done in, in Let's Go... Just Control-C, Control-V. Have you, watched, have you watched the Milotic one yet? No, I've not seen Milotic. Have you seen <laughs> Gyarados? It, it, is, it is shocking. But that Sunkern, though. Like, look, I'm like 100 hours in Diamond and Pearl. I'm still playing it. I got a shiny surf kit yesterday. It was very fun. And, and even though... <laughs> it was very fun. Even though the game is buggy, some of the bugs are incredibly funny. And it's like... Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to reproduce them. I don't think I've ever had a bug I was able to reproduce twice in a row. And they always make me laugh and they always make me smile. And even a bad Pokemon game is still very enjoyable. Except Pokemon Dash. That game is awful. But I can't... I can't think of anything Diamond and Pearl has done that is like, boy, I hope they bring that back in a new Pokemon game. I no. think Pokemon get fans get mad because a feature is introduced and then a game like like Megas is a really good example. People want people were bummed about Sword and Shield because it was missing Megas. People were bummed about Diamond Pearl because it was missing Megas. People were bummed Dynamax. At, well, maybe Dynamax. Not. Well, you you got to wait three years for people to you know. Mm. Appreciate Dynamax. From Omega Ruby to Sun and Moon, it's like, oh, Dex Nav is gone, right? Like, I, I, I think it's very easy for I w- a Pokemon fan. I would fan. say 
The only thing I would see is Poker Radar, but like that was in the old games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did contest dirty in this one. They certainly <laughs> did. But the big worry from so let's go to Sword and Shield, and we talked about this on the show three years ago or whatever, was, oh, are they getting rid of overworld Pokemon? Because like that is the thing that they should have been keeping. And they, they mm-hmm. did they 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 pulled one over on us, right? They didn't show it in the first trailer. They waited like three months after the first trailer to be like, hey, there are actually overworld Pokemon. What is Diamond and Pearl doing that, like, they took a chance and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad they did this. I hope this is in the next Pokemon game. Really, and I get it, it's Ilka, it's not Game Freak, but if you're going to, if you're going to, like, remake a game, give, like, take a risk, give me something. No, 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 they were not allowed to take any risks. Mm Mm-mm. And I will say that the risks that Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire took were pretty safe of like, okay, here's some oh, Omegas yeah. and here is, here's the flying mechanic. Like everything in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire was, was really safe, but at least, at least they tried to branch out a bit. I don't know. It, it, it's just, it's just frustrating that beginning part of Diamond and Pearl for me was so grindy and so like hit your head against the wall of like I don't want to battle another trainer I know they have six Magikarp I don't want to be here and then the Elite Four was a great moment the, probably the strongest moment of that game is battling that Elite Four mm-hmm. Um, and the visuals of battling the box legendary yeah D- Dialga Palkia were really great and then I was like okay Post game always seems to redeem a Pokemon game. And the post game is just as grindy as the story was. Like, if I could sum up this, like, I have always thought that Heart Gold Soul Silver is the most grindy Pokemon game. But now the Diamond and Pearl remakes have really <laughs> now taken the cake on that. Snatched there the crown. Go. They've come and said, Old my orange juice. I don't know how this game looks in like six months. See, I'm curious how this game looks and what the plans are post Arceus. Yeah, that's, I'm that's going to be an curious interesting world. if anything is planned that we just don't know about, about how those two things are going to interact. And like they've already shown that there is the ability for it to read save data because we know with the Mew and the Jirazi thing like it it that code is there I'm just curious what if I'm curious slightly hopeful that something about the games will change post Arceus um I don't know what that is but I'm hoping there's something because I I do feel like given how brilliant diamond shining pearl plays that everyone's like oh that that seems so quick that Arceus coming out in 45 days does not seem quick compared to how much you kind of want to be done with Brilliant Diamond mm-hmm. Shining Pearl. I can see that. I also, uh, we we talked about this, I think, in the miniseries, Greg. I wonder how many people get to Cynthia, lose, try again, lose, and then go, I'm done. <laughs> A non-insignificant number. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I've heard a couple of people who said they got very frustrated, but it was the thing that they wanted to beat, but had to do things very, very specifically to be able to do that because 
over leveling and grinding just wasn't an option, right? Like that was, it's not easy to do. So they had to come up with ways, but I, I, I think there is a good amount of people who I tried it twice. I can't beat it. I'm gone. Okay. Let's take one more break before we get to Pogo news. <laughs> Cause there's a lot. There's a lot. And then uh, we will wrap up the show. So we will be right back. I respect underwater Christmas. Do you always need more Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. Underwater Christmas. Christmas. I'm kind of into that. Kind of into that. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody probably watched The Little Mermaid before they went into this. I will say the holiday is very cute. Do you always need more Christmas? Underwater Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Underwater Christmas. Christmas. Adorable. And we are back from our break. PokemonGoLive.com. Pokemon Tour Go Tour returns next stop, Johto trainers we are thrilled to see how many trainers enjoy the pokemon go tour kanto event we're excited to announce that we'll be holding another pokemon go tour event celebrating johto celebrate gold and silver in a whole new way remakes confirmed this ticket event of pokemon go tour johto trainers will be be able to choose between gold version or silver version with event exclusive pokemon which i don't think they've revealed yet Complete special research, test your Pokemon collection skills to encounter Celebi with a special move. Trading with a friend who chose the other version will be just as important like in the original Gold and Silver. After completing the Go Tour, Johto research trainers will be able to access exclusive Masterwork research line. Stay tuned for details and difficulty on this. So the Masterworks last time was for Shiny Mew. They're saying you're going to get Celebi. So Celebi isn't part of the master research line. So I'd be curious of what that is supposed to be. Tickets are now live. Stay tuned for more details for the in-person event going live. If you purchase your ticket by the following dates, you will also receive access to the season of Heritage January and February timed research. Um, So kind of what they did last time. Uh, the actual event will take place on Saturday, February 26th from 9 to 9. This global event will be live. In addition to the free experience, uh, trainers can purchase a ticket for an exclusive experience. On Sunday, February 27th, trainers will be able to participate in an in-person event at select locations. Uh, to, om- to homage the end of the Pokemon Gold and Silver, trainers will take their next steps to the appearance from Pokemon from the Kanto region. Oh boy. I made a joke about this before I read this part of the press release, but hey, you can always use a little more Canto in your life, right? <laughs> yep. That's the way it is. Tickets are eleven ninety nine. Uh, all Pokemon discovered in the research uh, in the Johto region will appear in the wild in raids and will be encountered in research tasks, attracted to incense, hatched from eggs, will, trading will happen uh, via evolution. You will get an encounter with the mythical Pokemon Celebi. That will know a special move. Do we know what that special move is? No. 
Once you complete the research line, you will get access to the second exclusive Masterworks story, which is intended for a long period of time. This was a huge issue last time. Why did it get so bright in this room? Jeez. Sorry, YouTube. <laughs> the sun came out. I'm like very pale now for the YouTube video. Now. 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 Yeah, now. I've never been pale before. <laughs> never. So this, was, this was a problem for some players last year because they bought the ticket with the intent of getting shiny Mew. That's what they wanted. They paid money for right. $11.99. They wanted the shiny Mew. And then they found out later that you had to be level 40 and you had to do this very long research task to get it. Still working on it. You You would still get it, right? But... You would still get it, but you had to like work for it, which is again, it's it's the difference in players. You know, some players are like, oh, they just hand out shiny so easy. I just walked to GameStop, I get my shiny. Zygarde was like one of the last ones they did, um, and then other players are like, I want shinies that are that like what happened to the Victini? That's not even a shiny, but the Victini and Unova. You know, you had to go beat two gyms and then go to this island and get it. I think my perspective has always been like, I like the fact that like you had to do the quest. Like it was kind of a fun quest, and yeah, it was really long and tedious. But I don't know. It, it was it was fine. It was like you're paying for content, right? Like you want like a yes, value you're paying to out play of the game. You want yes. value out of the video game you're paying for. But we don't know what we're getting now. Now again, before people again, this was another problem last year. People bought the thing and then they revealed later on that this was a very you had to be forty. This was very long. You don't have to buy the ticket right now. If we don't know what the masterworks quest line is, we don't know how long it is. We don't know what the requirements are. We don't know what Pokemon you get at the end. Yes, you will get two free dollar ticket things early for pre-ordering early. But if you're on the fence, it's okay. Like, I literally didn't buy my ticket until the day before the Kanto event. It's fine. Heck, you could buy the ticket while the Kanto event started. It was okay. There was. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. It's like, unlike GoFest, they will have an unlimited number of tickets for this event. So you do not have to buy it. If you're a player that's like, I'm going to buy it no matter what the Masterwork research story is, cool. You're going to save like $2 because you'll get the January research and you'll get the February research. That's cool. I am not pre-buying this. I but made that mistake last time. You do not have to give Niantic well, your money. And now you don't have a Galarian Mr. Mime. I do. Oh. <laughs> I have it in a different game. So we're all flying to DC for the second no. half of the event, right? Here's the thing is they they said there will be the second day there will be IRL locations. Yeah. I want to know them. <laughs> DC. We're going to DC. It's going to be DC. Are are we traveling? Are are we going to like I will travel for this event. I I will do it. I'm I'm vaccinated. I'm okay with getting on an airplane. I'm okay with wearing a mask. Heck, it's winter. Even if there wasn't a global pandemic, I like having a mask on my face because it's cold outside. <laughs> I would like to experience, like, I, it, it, tell me it's in Florida. Tell me it's in Texas. Tell me it's somewhere warm because as uh, much- Last time Texas was worse than here. I'm going to point that out. You're like, let's go somewhere warm. It's Texas. And Texas was miserable. So I will not hear this nonsense post-global climate change <laughs> that we will successfully go to a place that has better weather than here. 
nonsense. Uh, the St. Louis event was incredible, minus the weather. Yes. If the weather was perfect, boy, that would have been one of the best mm. pogo days of my life. True, true. So if they're saying there will be an IRL select location on, the, on Sunday in February, please let me know as soon as possible where it is so I can buy tickets, because I would like to go to said location to experience that. DC. Uh, all Pokemon discovered in the Johto region will be shiny, some for the first time. This includes letters of unknown, G-O-T-U-R-J, uh, which will appear using incense. You are more likely to encounter shiny Pokemon in the wild depending on which invert version you have selected. Earn rewards to level up your elite collector medal by completing nine collection challenges. Uh, a free bundle containing three remote raid passes will be available. Uh, eggs will be one quarter their hatch difference. Twice candy for eggs. Extra candy catching Johto Pokemon. You will get nine raid passes during the event if you bought the ticket. Um, you will get an in-game medal. You will get snapshot surprises. You will get special stickers by spending Pokestops. If you do not decide to buy a ticket, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get some Pokemon discovered in the wild from the Johto region, and in eggs, and in raids. You, Pokemon discovered in the Johto region, exclusive to region, will be appearing worldwide, so it sounds like you do not need a ticket to get Corsola and Heracross. Mm. Iglybuff, Pichu, I, uh, Togepi will hatch from 2k eggs, and you will get timed research related to trainer battles. If you decide to get the gold version, you'll have Pokemon such as Spinarak, Gligar, Teddy Ursa, and Mantine attracted to incense. You also have the increase of the following shiny Pokemon, Chikorita, Cyndaquil, Totodile, Spinarak, Iglybuff, Natu, Hoppip, Sunkern, Misdreavus, Wobbuffet, Gligar, Shuckle, Teddy Ursa, Swinub, Mantine, and Ho-Oh. You get the silver version, you're going to be looking at Ladyba, Delibird, Skarmory, and Fanfi. You will also have an increased chance of getting Chikorita, Cyndaquil, Totodile, Ladybug, Cleffa, Pseudowoodo, Hoppip, Yanma, Pineco, Delibird, Skarmory, Houndour, Fanfi, Miltank, Larvatar, Larvatar, and Lugia. And it says that the jo uh, select few cities will celebrate a special step back in Kanto on Sunday. It is completely optional. You can choose to participate in the, both the global or the in-person one. The choice is yours. Remember, the uh, Johto is only experienced on the February the 26th. $11.99 or local currency. Please be aware of your surroundings. Which event had the giant egg that we watched? Uh, with all the raids. That was Go Tour. Was it? No, not Go Tour. It was uh, Go Fest because it was that night. Oh, right, 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 right. right. And we then it was like, oh, Hoopa's yeah. doing all these legendaries. I think eleven ninety nine is a good price. I, 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 yeah, I think it was last fine. year. Uh, wasn't it fourteen ninety nine last year? I I feel like it was, but it was also maybe it was. I I, it I, I it's year? a decent price. I like that they do this. You know, this is something we've never really talked about in the show, but um, comes up pretty quickly, uh, frequently. Sorry, is uh, we have I get the question all the time of like, what happens when Pokemon Go runs out of Pokemon? I don't think that's. The issue. I don't think that's the question you should be asking. <laughs> they they drip feed Pokemon so slowly, but people are still playing the game very actively. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. 
there are just so many of like no one no one <laughs> there's not a single person out there i'm so confident of this that stopped <laughs> playing pogo and then they said hey Drudigan is now live and they're like well i haven't played pogo in two years but i gotta get Drudigan." that person oh, does not exist that person exists that person does not exist oh, well, no, no 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 there's like one person that, that's i'm like not that. saying there's multiples i am saying that person exists i will stand on a rock that there is one person out there that so, that was what got them back in the one the 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 person that i like like lives outside of my frame of reference, but I recognize does present a significant portion of the Pokemon Go playing community. Um, last Monday, I was in a staff meeting at work, and one of my coworkers said, "I just spent way too much money on Pokemon Go over the weekend." And I'm like, "This dude has never played a console-based Pokemon game ever. Literally, only plays Pokemon Go. What is the obsession?" with playing Pokemon Go, and he was like, well, I had to keep doing the Zekrom and Reshiram raids because I needed to get the shiny ones so that I could trade them for perfect IV ones. And I'm like, nobody need or perfect, whatever, rating, CP, with yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the three, six, nine stars. And I'm like, nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. But for him, like, he is obsessed with having, like, perfect Every single mm-hmm. Pokemon, oh yeah, perfect. I I believe it. Like it's we all like get into our the things. most useless. I'd rather collect Beanie Babies over perfect Pokemon <laughs> in Pokemon Go because at least then I've got something to put in my casket when I'm dead. You know? <laughs> I'm writing that down. Yeah. Um. What happens when Pokemon Go runs out of Pokemon? Is the game going to die? I think they. I think Niantic has proven. That they can just create events, and the events, whether they're big or, like, even this dragon event. Like, they introduce Drudigan. They make Vulpix spawn everywhere. Vulpix is not a dragon. Sometimes you see a Dragonair. That is still exciting for people to be like, I don't have a Dragonite, and now I'm seeing at least one or two Dratini a day, and I can find a wild Dragonair. Like, Like, the Pokemon Go community or player base, I should say, is so big, but you really only hear from, like, the top 1% because they're so active, and they're so mm-hmm. vocal, and they're so loud, and they're, they, they think that all these events are boring and useless. But if you just take a step back and talk to somebody who maybe plays Pokemon Go 10 minutes a day, and they don't put a lot of money in it, but they love it, like, these events are so exciting, and these yeah. events are why they play every single day and come back. And what? that's like and the difference between what? this and Unite is Pokemon Go brings people back. Like there are like as you could say like this Dragon event is useless, but their events bring people back from time and time again. Like my my sister has only spent money on these big events. She she is the first to spend eleven ninety nine on this event and dedicate the whole entire day, but she doesn't. She doesn't spend twenty dollars a week on raid passes. She doesn't. She's right. not level forty. Well, she, and she doesn't have a million shinies. She doesn't even know when community days are unless I text her and be like, "Hey, are you doing community day?" And she's like, <laughs> "I didn't know it was today." Well, and there's also people like who who haven't been in since day one. Like 
I just, let's say I just started dating somebody and he was like, oh, well, you like to play Pokemon Go, so that's something I want to do with you. And then these events help him get Pokemon that he didn't get access to before, right? And there will always be newcomers to the game. It's an evergreen game. Is this how you're telling us we have somebody new to meet, Will? Would you stop? (laughs) (laughs) You're announcing it formally on the show? No. No. I'd expected a text at least. A little heads up. Yeah, geez, come on. I, so up. the thing is, I always try to tell people because this came up, it comes up in work. At best, you hear from twenty percent of your customer base. At best, eighty percent of anybody who uses any product will never tell you a single thing about it. They'll never talk to you about it. They're quiet. They just do their thing. They come and go as they please. When we hear, when we see people talking about things, we are hearing from a tiny percentage of the people actually using the product. Um, so I guarantee there are people who are like, I only come back when there's something new introduced in the game because I can take it or leave it. And like, they are not going to be the people going on Twitter complaining about this community day or this release schedule. They are the people like I it, it is a thing that I do in my spare time. I don't talk about it. I have no desire to talk about it. I don't listen to people talk about it. I just it exists as a thing. Like there's a lot of games that I play that I do not do podcasts for. FYI. Well, until we start Magic the Gathering. Oh, well, look, you got to get on TikTok to get my Magic the Gathering hot. Hit. Oh, dag <laughs> nabbit. That's not going to happen. I know. That's why I don't send them to you. Uh, we talked about the the holiday stuff last week, right? I believe we uh, did. Which holiday stuff? The Bergmite and everything the coming to go. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, so, yeah. holiday related, I think something that's very important is the fact that you can now save your own postcards and the postcards people send you. Because I know somebody who literally stopped playing Go because they didn't want to lose the po- postcards that they had collected while they were in a foreign country. Interesting. Uh, I have the postcard news here. This holiday season, we're excited to introduce the postcard book. Whenever a trainer sends a gift or a postcard from a location that is attached to a Pokestop location from the gift was, uh, ever want to save the memory from locations that you or your friends visited, you'll soon be able to do that by pinning postcards to your postcard book. It will be released at the start of the holiday events, which I think is the 15th that starts. Uh, you can access the postcard book in your item bag. You can pin postcards. Um... The little pin will like be next to the open button. Uh, it doesn't say how many you can pin. I'm looking. You can delete them after you pin them. You can opt out with privacy stuff. My, I, I love this. I think this is great. There are, I, there are definitely stops that like when I spin it, like the door of the Explorer stop at um, Mall of America. I always think that like, or the Swipers or the SpongeBob. Like I always think those are like really fun to send because mm-hmm. big people know Sponge. Like people know SpongeBob versus like some random statue in like a downtown area that they probably won't get. But like, oh, I got like a SpongeBob one. Um, uh, I only send very specific people the Pokeball, the Pokestop that has my old dog on it. Because I took that picture. Only very specific people get that. So if you mm. got it, keep it. Because you're in this. You're in the elite club. I, I think. I think that's great. My only worry is that the postcard book can only hold like twenty postcards, yeah. and then you have to pay to hold more. We just have to put coins in it. You can get fifty coins a day. 
That's true. You can't. You definitely can. I think we talked about the old. I don't the new holiday stuff. I think we talked about the old one, but not the Burger Mike coming out. Burgermeister Meister Burgers um, debut. I don't think we talked about that. I don't remember talking about Burgermeister Meister coming. Well, now we got a bunch of people who are going to start playing again because they can get Burgermite. Yeah, that's yeah. what's really going to bring people and back. Avalug. Look, Jeff Thede has been waiting oh, for this yeah. moment. This is this is his moment <laughs> to shine. We have to. Yeah, we did last week talk about the Holiday Cup coming back. Right. Um. So I don't the, think we the, talked about Burgermites. The full event starts on the sixteenth, goes to the thirty first. Part one is the sixteenth. You can open forty five gifts a day and hold forty gifts in your item bag. Team Rocket will have more water and ice type Pokemon, and a Mega Obama Snow will have a CP boost. Very weird bonus, but there you go. Um, Pikachu wearing a holiday hat, holiday deli bird, holiday Stantler, holiday Sfeel, which is new, holiday Cubchu, and holiday Glaceon, which is new, will be yeah, that um, one's real cute. Spawning in the wild. All of those can be shiny. The Cubchu and Delibird and Stantler are repeats. Uh, there will be a festive hat, jacket, and shorts in the store. Um, there will be uh, Vanillite, Swinub, Snowrunt, Snover spawning in the wild. Uh, Cryogonal, Alone Sandshrew spawning in the wild. Raids will have the Glaceon, the Deli Bird, the Stantler, and the three stars. Kiram will come. Kiram will return. It can be shiny for the first time. Field research will get you a Sfeel, Stantler, Cubchu, Alolan Vulpix, Pikachu, Swinub, Cryogonal. Um, and then it's part, the year of Cryogonal. Part two, which starts the twenty third of December, will get your Bergmite and Avalug debut. Uh, during part two, you'll get an egg incubator. Each day, you'll spin a Pokestop. That's usually that one wow. time this one. Uh, field research will give you the holiday deli bird. There will be a collection challenge from Sunday the 25th through the end of the year. You'll need Swine Up, Snow Runt, Sfeel, Snover, Vanilla, and Cub Chew. And if you complete the challenge, you will get Galarian Mr. Mime. Ha! Now's my time. You, you all had to, had to pay year. five dollars. I had it for a I, year, though. You had. To I wait. had my patient individual pays off. Also, I didn't know that Galarian Mister Mime is technically two faces. The last bit of Pokemon Go news here is the power up stops, which I've seen one of them. I haven't done it yet. Uh, I found one. Uh, and I scanned it, and it's like, oh, hey, do the AR scanning. And I'm like, I have to go stand in traffic to get this. So guess what's not happening? Yeah, when I found it, it was like, uh, you know, it's like 14 degrees outside. I'm going to stay in my car. Uh, never mind. Uh, we're excited to announce Power Up Pokestop feature to make use of the new AR mapping task introduced last year. Soon you'll be able to work with fellow trainers to complete AR Tasks and AR experiences. You'll be able to power up certain stops for a limited period of time with AR mapping tasks. Power up stops a different way, and any trainers who spin a stop will earn extra rewards. As more level 20 trainers and above perform AR scans of the Pokestop, the rewards from spinning it will increase, and the Pokestop will be powered up for a longer period of time. Powered up Pokemon stops have three visually distinctive levels, and uh, they will level up as more trainers work together to scan. Following requirements are as follows. Level 1 is 5 scans. Level 2, 10 scans. Level 3, 25 scans. To scan a Pokestop, go to the Pokestop or gym. Tap the three dots in the upper right. 
you must be level 20 or above to complete the AR mapping tasks and uh, be aware of your surroundings. Just like every, Always every, be around your surroundings. every news press release ends, be aware of your surroundings. I know, I know people are weirded out about the AR scanning stuff. What's weird about it? There, there was They're a there, down there was a rumor at some point when it came out that it's if a conspiracy you, that you if you AR scan a stop, then Niantic can look at it, and then Niantic has the option to remove it. I have talked to Niantic about this. They oh, said that that's is, what they want you to believe. I'd say that it's the opposite. Now they're like, oh, this stop gets a lot of people scanning it. We better keep this one. Yeah. Um. So what Niantic told me when I talked to them about why the AR even exists in the first place, and maybe this was in one of their press releases, I don't know, um, is the reason that they are the AR even exists is to actually map out real-world areas. So when you use AR Pokemon, it works in the area better. And there is... If you go to their YouTube, there's like a, there's like a commercial... With like a Pikachu, it's like at a skate park. It's at some skate park in California. Um, that's like really, really popular. And there's like a battle happening there. And they said that that was all because they they went there themselves and AR scanned the entire skate park. So when the Pokemon are battling, it's taking in account the actual like stairs and the rails and like the actual level. And so by trainers scan, I mean like. It's no conspiracy. There's no, like, what we are doing is building their map, right? As a player, they're seeing where players are walking, where players are playing, what stops players are spinning. Like, we are giving them data. We have been giving them data since day one. This is just another level of data so they can start building a real world based off our scans. They're not using the scans to, like, remove Pokestops. They want data from us. They don't want to remove anything Mm -hmm. from us. My problem with the scans is it just takes too long. And sometimes, mm. like for me in, in a very cold city right now, I don't want to scan something outside in the snow. I also don't know what I'm supposed to scan. Usually you're just supposed to walk around what the stop. I mean, it's easy when it's a statue, right? You just walk around the statue. Yeah. But sometimes it's like a building and you're it's like... It's a whole building. I and can't. I'm like, how much do you want of this? How? <laughs> how... And sometimes it's a park sign, and I'm like, I've walked around this park sign four times so that I think you the have enough stop time to in my house video. is a baseball field. And I'm like, what? It's supposed to run the bases? <laughs> <laughs> so they can remove it later. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's usually just the rewards are just not good enough normally for me to do it. Like, I think the, the best reward they kind of give is like a poffin. Like, I think a poffin is worth it. I don't think Pokeballs are ever worth it. I just have a thing that says I've uploaded three things and they never never disappears. I'm like, go away. Yeah, take them off my. Take them away. Take it. I'd be. I'm as well. I mean, we're we're all very close to Mall of America. I'm sure Mall of America has a bunch of these power up stands. I am sure they will be 25 scans on community day. I'm I'm sure of it. But I'd be curious of like, there's a stop down the street. It's like a laundromat or something. I don't think that stop is ever going to get 25 scans. It's like. Th- Who's you don't know? Maybe I don't know. You don't know who's who's a big player in your neighborhood. I uh, I do know what that stop is. It's not a laundromat. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> U- useful information. 
I mean, you could do it 25 times. I think you're only allowed to do it like, oh, can you do it once every five minutes? Is that what they're at? No, I think so. I think it's probably once a day. Because you. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what I'm the making things up. limit of scanning is. Hmm. I don't think this is going to, like, if you were, if you were anti-AR scans, I don't think this new feature is going to be like, oh, now I'm for the AR scans. I am still anti-AR scans because they're going to take my, they're going to take my things away. All right. We went long this week, so no question of the week. I'm sorry, Greg. Save your song. You know, I work very hard. And it's the holidays. Day in, day out. That means next week's song will be even better. No. That's not how it works. This is the Will Anderson rule. Once I'm denied, you get the bare minimum. <laughs> there so you go. Built up there you go. Nice. Nice. Speaking <laughs> of bare minimum, Will, give us our Pokemon of the week. All right. So last week, I kept it very simple. Uh, I think a lot of people did get it this time. Um, this Rock Ground or Rock Electric Pokemon, which is very popular in Sinnoh, can evolve when it reaches the level that is one-third of its evolution's regional and national Pokedex number. Um, so, you know, a few of the hints there. Number one, that it could be two possible types means that it has a regional variant. And also the fact that its regional, its evolution's regional and national Pokedex number are the same means that it has to be from Kanto because everybody else got, they, they kept different sets of numbers for those two. Greg? It's Steve. Let's go, Pikachu. Let's go, Eevee. Had a lull informs this game does not. I'm just saying that right now. It's Geo, dude. Oh, oh God! I didn't understand what you're trying to say. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Whatever. It's Geo, dude. And what Steve is expressing, he is mad that Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl do not have a lowland forms in it, even though there are Pokemon that have forms. And let's let's spend another half hour because I actually wanted them to not change the typing, and I wanted it to be a faithful remake so that there would not be any fairy types in Diamond and Pearl. <laughs> okay, and I didn't get that. I didn't get what I wanted. So, uh, FYI, friend with me, oh. watching us. Geodude is my favorite Sinonian Pokemon. Also, this picture behind me, which you can't see, is the Geodude artwork. Nice. I don't know. Over time, I've grown to love the Geodude. I've, I've always loved Geodude. I think, I think Geodude and his little muscle arms <sighs> flopping around. You guys are both gym people. Also, uh, the shuffle icon is incredible. The shiny is very good. It's like a little gold nugget. Yeah. You Geodude. Are, do you, have you guys seen the like Geodude mascot in Japan? And it has like transparent pants. No. Yes. No. It doesn't have pants. It has nothing on. There's nothing there. Well, that's why they're transparent. You can't see it. <laughs> right. Everybody says, oh, look, you can see his pa- transparent pants. I'm like, no, you can't because it's transparent. It's I true. don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. You have to. You have to. I have looked at that picture. It's like the <laughs> blue, gold, white, blue brown black dress uh-huh i don't see the transparent mm. pants that everybody claims they can see uh alolan geodude has the lowest base special attack and special defense of all electric type pokemon along with its evolutionary references are the only pokemon with the combination rock electric are the only three-stage evolutionary line which means all members have an alolan form 
And they were designed by Hitoshi Arigara, which has done... Uh, <laughs> Ariga? Uh, yeah, sure. Ariga? Ariga. That sounds better, yeah. Ariga. Uh, they did Dracozolt, Acrozolt, Dracovish, Acrovish, Rookadee, Corviknight, Corvusquire, Mega Beedrill, Alolan Muck, Alolan Grimer, Inke, Pangoro, Honage, Aegislash, Tyrant, Tyrantrum, Grubbin, Chargebug, Vikavolt, Min- Minior, Drampa... They've done quite a few. Pokemon. A lot of, of my favorites: Amora, Auroras, Minior. Love those. Yeah. Honedge, love that whole line. Great. Tyrant, awesome. Some good Pokemon there. Very good Pokemon. Great. Ready? Ready. Oh man! Right. Before I start this clue, which Greg and Steve uh, got to hear me laugh evilly as I was preparing <laughs> it. I need everyone to take your tongue and place it firmly in your cheek so that you don't have a bad reaction. Here we go. Over the history of the Pokemon games, when a new Pokemon type is introduced, older Pokemon types are revised to incorporate the newly introduced type. As examples... When fighting type was discovered, some normal type Pokemon were reclassified as fighting type. When fire type was added, some normal type Pokemon had their typing replaced with fire type. Along the same lines, flying type replaced or was added to a number of normal types. Some previous normal types eventually even ended up as fire and flying types. In this revisionist perspective of the National Pokedex, which is the first in Pokedex order Pokemon to have its type changed through the addition of a newly discovered type and not through the addition of a regional variant. It's so easy. <laughs> that went in one ear out the other for me. You, you, didn't, you didn't put your tongue in your cheek, dude. Oh, I did, but then it looked really bad on video, so I decided to stop doing oh, that. Dang. <laughs> My brain broke there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for making it to the end, uh, Greg. As I as I end my thing, Greg will think of a, a secret word for Twitch chat if you come on in and you finish the podcast. Um, I extend Seasel seizes. No, hold on. Don't say the secret word yet. They gotta wait to the end. I extended the Patreon uh, promotion. So if you have not signed up for Patreon, good month to sign up. You get access to our Slack. I assure you there are plenty of people who like Diamond and Pearl in our Slack community. They're more than willing Me. to help you trade and yeah. and and play the underground stuff. They're there. You will also, if you sign up this month or if you're already a patron, you will get access to the winter bonus album with the break music uh, that Nick does. It should be eight songs. We did one for the s- summer. Was it spring? Was it? I think it was summer. Um, so you get that for your collection. July, digital, July sounds digital right. download. So at the five dollar level, you also get ad free versions of the podcast, and you also get bonus podcasts to listen to. So you get a lot of value for five dollars. We make your five dollars go the distance. Mm. Um, so patreon.com slash pkmncst uh, or just ise dot cash, um, and that's yeah. So uh, that supports the show. Supports what I do. I know the New Year's people start canceling subscription, but this for the New Year, start adding new subscriptions like mm-hmm, the Patreon. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that is the 2022 goal. Add yes, more subscriptions. Agreed. 
Uh, you can follow Greg on Twitter at White Wing. You can follow uh, Will on Twitter at Washing the Sink. You can follow me on Twitter at Dragging a Lake. Otherwise, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, still uploading YouTube stuff. Uh, P-K-M-N-C-A-S-T on Twitch as well. Uh, Greg, our secret word. Sneasel sneezes. Sneasel sneezes. Got it. Sneasel sneezes. Yeah. Secret word for if you come into Twitch. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week. And even though the holidays are coming up, obviously you'll still get an episode every Monday. You'll still get some bonus episodes before the end of the year. Uh, well, maybe one of the bonus episodes will be if Irene got out of the Eterna Forest with Cheryl. <laughs> you can update her. <laughs> there are people still in that forest. <laughs> still battling alongside that Chansey. Um, we'll see you guys next week. This has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. Super Cinnabon Crustal. This podcast is supported by Patreon. If you would like to support It's Super Effective, you can head over to patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t. A huge shout out to our Patreon producers, starting with Stephen, Sean, Matthew, Bovine, Kay, Jessica, Jacob, Brian, Evan, Ryan, Patrick, Nate, Catherine, Casey, Josh, Gray, Dylan, Carlos Alvaro, and a shout out to our executive producers of Steph, Spencer, Courtney, and Brady. Thank you so much for your support. It is greatly appreciated. And we couldn't do the show without you guys. Thank you again, and we will see you next week.